up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and you're listening to Life in the Fast Chain, the fun blockchain podcast where I'm just trying to figure out what the people want and give them what they want. So we have a new aspect, I guess you could say, to this podcast, which you'll hear when uh, you hear my second guest, Lamar Thomas. So we start off the episode with George Kelly from the market intelligence team, formerly known as the research team. Uh, he talks about the paper he recently released and co-authored, Will Businesses Ever Use Stable Coins? I feel like stable coins are a hot topic right now, so it's a very cool paper. I'll link in bio for where you can download it and also read his blog post. After we have Lamar Thomas, a support engineer here at R3, and he talks about what his role entails, why support engineers are important, what got him into blockchain as a dev, what he does in his spare time, and more. We had lots of fun, so I hope you enjoy. I'm here with George Kelly from the research team. Thank you for joining me today, George. Well, Catherine, now I'm on market intelligence, so we're really on the same team. We are on the same team, actually. But I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, you still are doing our research stuff. Is market intelligence and research the exact same thing? <laughs> um, it is. I have to say, I like the name better. I uh, do too, actually. Yeah, it sounds very intelligent. <laughs> well, you are very intelligent, George. How has your week been? It's been good. Um, it was good to uh, publish a paper after three months. Um, of hard work. You've been working on that for, for quite quite a bit of time. Yeah, too long. Uh, but it's <laughs> nice to see it released and see people actually reading it. Uh, I know. Very nice. We've gotten a lot of uh, interest for the paper. So the paper is, Will Businesses Ever Use Stable Coins? So, George, will businesses ever use stable coins? Um, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, I thought of it myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... After writing this whole paper, um, I mean, it was a great experience of learning what's on the market, uh, where the shortcomings are uh, with these instruments when it comes to actual payments uh, that a regulated business would be comfortable making. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately, fast forward to the conclusion, and it's that there are going to be a variety of different cash-type instruments that are used by businesses um, on blockchain networks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're really at the early stages of this. And uh, the answer to your questions, uh, will they use stablecoins, is going to be dependent on how uh, future issuers actually choose to design these Mm -hmm. stablecoins. So if you look at even the most credible uh, stablecoins on the market, uh, those issued by banks, uh, you'll notice that they operate only within account holders of that bank. Mm -hmm. Uh, So all these use cases that people are talking about, uh, that everyone's getting excited about for stable coins, particularly between financial institutions, well, none of those can happen uh, because, say, JPM coin can only be used by account holders at JP Morgan. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, the paper almost opens up more questions than it answers. Mm -hmm. Um, Because on the one hand, you know, are future stablecoins going to follow that same model mm-hmm. um, and only operate in the uh, you know silo of their commercial bank, um, or are they going to be able to be transferred between institutions? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, that's the 
uh, model that a lot of people are interested in and excited about. Uh, but that raises issues, uh, particularly uh, regarding risk. So if you're one bank, um, how are you going to handle having all of this directional exposure uh, to your competitors mm-hmm. if you're holding their stable coins, uh, which are ultimately tied to their performance uh, mm-hmm. or their solvency? Um, and so there needs to be a lot of creative thinking now about how to mitigate these risks, whether it's joint acceptance uh, that everyone uh, everyone's coins are going to be fungible with each other, or if you design really creative netting algorithms uh, to transfer those coins back to the commercial banks who uh, issued them. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of questions that haven't been answered. So, uh, you know, will businesses use stable coins? We have to wait and see. Ooh, dun dun dun. <laughs> That was a good answer. So uh, I'm interested in the next few papers that you now have kind of just said out loud. Now you're going to have to start writing about these uh, these things. Yeah, I guess I I just gave myself a lot Concrete. of work. Yeah, you did. You did. By writing this <laughs> one paper, you now have to write 18 more. Um, so what inspired you guys to write this paper? Yeah, so I, I kind of touched on it in the beginning. Um, so stablecoins emerged as a instrument within uh, really the closed loop cryptocurrency ecosystem. And when Mm -hmm. I say closed loop, I mean um, it's the use cases are mainly uh, between cryptocurrency exchanges, speculators, miners. Mm -hmm. um, And those use cases are pretty narrow. Basically, it's to hedge the volatility of dealing with cryptocurrencies without having to go to a bank or pay taxes. and so the stable coins on the market, uh, especially the early ones like Tether, have really seen a lot of volume. Yeah. Um, and so they've generated a lot of excitement, as they should. Um, granted, you know, some of that volume might be inflated because of washed trades or other things, but um, it's been a really hot topic uh, in the blockchain market. Mm-hmm. And now people are talking about using them for businesses. Yeah. Um, and, you know, our product is Corda. It's used between businesses. Um, you know, if businesses are settling securities, they're going to want to settle um, and pay, you know, some sort of cash instrument uh, mm-hmm. to purchase them. Um, and so this idea of cash is, um, you know, talked about a lot in the space. And this is a product that aims to uh, serve that feature. Uh, yeah. So there's a, a natural marriage between what's going on in this public cryptocurrency world uh, and what we're doing here. Yeah. Definitely. So you wrote a blog post that kind of explains what you write about in the paper, um, and I'll link all of this stuff after afterwards in the episode. Uh, so George, tell me, what the heck is Crypto Narnia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did a quick Google search right before I published uh, the blog and found that no one else has used the term. So Crypto Narnia, <laughs> I love it. I, I'm a very proud uh, coiner of the term Crypto Narnia now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I kind of like it. You kind of can tell what Crypto Narnia is without actually having to learn. Yeah, and I, I have to give credit to Kevin Rudder because he's probably said that word so many times on different calls and you know, <laughs> yeah. discussions we've had. Uh, so it's really his word. Too late, buddy. George, <laughs> George has got it down in paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really what I'm trying to evoke there is um, – 
you know, you have this cryptocurrency world uh, when you're dealing with stable coins uh, that that is kind of detached from reality. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether the price of Bitcoin is soaring or whether it's going down, um, you know, you're using stable coins to mitigate whatever that volatility is. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it's this kind of dark and, and not really well known and not yeah. transparent market. Yeah. Um, and so it is sort of like the the lion, the witch in the wardrobe where they're they're trapped in the closet and no one really knows what's going on, but uh, they're in this fantasy land that's very interesting, very cool. Um, but you know, to someone ten years ago, if you were t- telling them about all these cryptocurrencies and all these crazy decentralized applications, they would think, you know, you were hallucinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jorge. I can't wait to see what else you write. And every time, if it's any inspiration, every time you write a paper, you can come on the podcast. Perfect. Is that going to motivate you? That gives me a lot of motivation. (laughs) You're like, yeah, right. I don't know. I I actually have to say, I think every time I come on the podcast, I just give myself more papers to write. So it might be a little bit of a problem. You're like, I'm never coming on the podcast (laughs) again. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to link to all of your stuff. Everyone read uh, George's blog post and the paper. It's really informative, especially for me, uh, my perspective on stable I really don't know that much. I think Todd has explained what a stable coin is to me at least four times on the podcast. I think, yeah, he did it here. <laughs> yeah, yes. So uh, it really does help kind of um, me understand exactly its potential use. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Catherine. I'll have you again soon. Sounds good. I am in the studio with support engineer at R3, Lamar Thomas. Uh Thank you for coming in today. Uh Uh-oh. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of surprised Lamar uh, with a a new feature that I'm going to do for the podcast. If people like it, if not... I'll, I'll stop doing it. I'm the guinea pig, I know. <laughs> you're the guinea pig because you're so easygoing, Lamar. Well, you know, we'll see. That's why. Okay, That's so it. it is booze and blockchain. So mm. I have the guest, in this case, Lamar Thomas, yes. pick their favorite or one of their favorite alcohols. We have bar three here where we have a bunch of different um, alcohol. We have wine, yeah. beer, whatever. But yeah. obviously everyone drinks responsibly. We only do bar three once a week. Yeah. Um, so just disclaimer, we are doing this responsibly, <laughs> but I want to get to know Lamar. by forced to drink here at R3. No, you know, no, no, Lamar. Come on. No, it's I'm very kidding. responsible. Very responsible. Oh, yeah. But we do want to uh, have a little fun. And then now I can learn a little bit about you by your alcohol choice. Yeah. So the way we're doing this is Lamar has picked one of his favorite things to drink, and yeah. we are both going to drink it. So, Lamar, what are we drinking? Rum. This one here is actually my favorite is Brugal. It's a it's a Dominican rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I do drink occasionally, mm-hmm. I'd like to have that. Sometimes we add that into our our food too. What do you Gives mean? Gives it a little sweet taste. Oh. Oh yeah. Like what but, kind of food would you add rum um, into? Some mixed with some rice and some other things together. Some meats. Yeah. You cook it with a meat. 
Oh yeah. Like it would give it a little more flavor. Yeah, you know? yeah. So and I feel like I would end, try to do that. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's laughing at the end. I feel like I would try to do that and light my kitchen on fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. dangerous? Yeah, well, I'm not, you know. You just like living on the edge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no fires yet. Let's say no that. No fires way. yet. Okay, no, that's good. Rum is really, you know, I, I really enjoy that when I drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really open. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. It's whatever's yeah. available. But if I choose at a bar, usually yeah. I pick a rum. Okay. So today we're going to drink Caña Brava, which is something that we had over there in the uh, the okay. kitchen. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. So let's yeah, try it. We'll still, always cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to good health. Cheers to blockchain. Cheers. Cheers to blockchain. <laughs> cheers I'm to a little nervous. I'm not a rum person. <laughs> I just, I'm no, this to is light. We don't okay. have that much. Okay. We okay, only okay. have... Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. It's straight, so it's not. Oh on, yeah, straight. No, not on no the rocks. not on the rocks. Uh, warm. Do warm. you like it warm? It feels good going down. It's. It's interesting. Smooth. Yeah. It's um. Tasty. It is kind of. It's smoother than I thought it would be, but I still made a face. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that face. It was like, oh boy, <laughs> what am I getting myself into? I'm like, do I have water? I mean, so it's. It kind of smells like. <laughs> It kind of smells like cough medicine. No, well, I suppose, but it kind of also smells a little like vanilla. Yeah, yeah, that's what is that, right? It has that sweet, kind of like a sweet taste to it. It's not <laughs> as heavy as like a scotch or whiskey. No, yeah. It's Usually, cl- it's drinking clear. Like rum and coke, like a Cuba Libre, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. would be good, but. Yeah, yeah, this is it. So you would prefer this always uh, straight rather than on the rocks? Usually I drink it like when we were in London a couple of weeks ago, I got one on the rocks. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I mean straight is good too. Yeah, okay. I like it. I think yeah. I think it's always about, so I'm a wine person oh. more. That's my um, alcohol of choice because it's just, yeah, dinner. It's like very yeah. social Red for me. Red or white? Um, I, you know, I used to be white only, and yeah. I've totally changed to, to red. Okay. And like in the summertime, lighter reds. I'm a rosé person Ooh. also, but that's so like basic. It's heart healthy too. It's supposed to be. Oh, the yeah. Well, probably not like... when you drink too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That could... <laughs> but, oh, that'll be my excuse. Like, Catherine, stop drinking wine. I'll be like, well, I'm thinking about my heart. Hard. Exactly. You know? so, my heart, the heart wants what it wants. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is, it's interesting. This is good. I think I'm going to learn a lot about different alcohol that I normally wouldn't drink. Yeah, this is good. This Very is good. good. All right. Well, thank you, Lamar, thank for you. showing me uh, uh, this rum drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's just straight. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you do here at R3. What does being a support engineer entail? Yeah, so we um, basically we face off to the enterprise customers at R3. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that has a support contract with R3, they will raise tickets to us. Okay. Um, either they're pre-prod and and the right now they're preparing to go into production or they already have some semblance of a production environment because we're kind of still new. Yeah. Um, So customers are building out their environments, but as they're doing that, they're having issues with deployment, with configuration, with how to structure their their nodes and their infrastructure or quarter nodes, Mm -hmm. which is our main, you know, our main software we provide. Um, So they raise tickets. 
they have questions, and we try to answer those tickets. Some of those uh, answers are in the form of a patch to them because there's something, de- a defect in the software. Pause. What does that mean, a patch to a them? A patch is uh, when there's a software bug that has been found mm-hmm. through them testing or something like that, and we raise it to the development team. Gotcha. And the developers come out and they say that they know there's an area in the code they can fix okay. uh, to cool. fix the problem. Okay. So they'll schedule that into one of the quarter software releases, and then we make that available to the customers so that they can implement that mm-hmm. so they don't have a problem. So the gotcha. patch kind of it fixes the, the issue. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of derailed you, but I didn't really know what a patch was. (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's like a software, like, fix. Like, Microsoft releases them, too, like, for Windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Um, got it. So we handle those tickets as they come in, and that's our primary role here as engineers is a ticket comes in, we respond to the customer, we look at the issue, we try to replicate and reproduce that issue, mm-hmm. and we're also uh, uh, developers too. Yeah. So I, you know, we do a little bit more than just handling a ticket, we try to dig in and we look at the code. We also introduce some patch fixes to the development team if we can. And um, cool, yeah. But we're the, a face to the customer for R three from an like an engineering support perspective. Yeah, cool. So you also kind of like bridge the gap between those customers that need some help and the developers um, that are building Corda. Right. Right. Very cool. Yeah. So it's a good position to be in. Um, and looking forward to like this year, you know, last year, cause I've been here almost a year. Mm-hmm. But last year it was uh, kind of getting our hands around Corda. Yeah. It's very complex. It's blockchain. It's exciting. It's good technology. Yeah. Uh, it has a really bright future and I'm looking forward to it. But it, it is complex in the way some things have been. The, the industry in general, understanding yeah. distributed systems and how they apply from a ledger perspective and all that. But this year has been focused on building expertise in Corda to make sure that we can be ahead of our customers, mm-hmm. be proactive with them. We're, we're building out simulated environments to ensure that our customers can feel comfortable that we're actually trying to predict the issues they would have ahead of time with their core apps yeah. and try to give them a service above and beyond reactive, uh, reacting to tickets and things like that. Yeah, cool. So how did you... How'd that sound? That, Lamar, I'm putting that on my resume. Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar, you crushed it. Good job. <laughs> I was about to say cheers, but I think we, we can't drink it too fast. Um, <laughs> um, but no, that was great. So how did you um, decide you wanted to get into blockchain technology? Because yeah. you're obviously a developer, but like, what drew you towards blockchain? Uh, wow. That's a good question. Thank you. That's I know. a really deep, long <laughs> story. A long, long long time ago. No. So I came, actually I wasn't into blockchain. Okay, I came out of uh, um, IT, Yep. but for f- uh, quite a while, my longest career was at HSBC. I was in uh, FX trading, foreign exchange trading, IT development oh, yeah. and support. And I had been in that market for, you know, for years, 15 years. Wow. So I left there in 2016 mm-hmm. and um, but at that point, I kind of was looking at what I wanted to do 
from a long-term perspective. You know, yeah. I had a lot of qualities, leadership, IT, development. Uh, at the time, I had a, like at HSBC, I kind of had a team there, and mm-hmm. I really like working with people. So I like that leadership ability to do things, mm-hmm. but I'm also hands-on, and I was working on systems at HSBC that I had developed and things like that. So I wanted to go back into development, yeah, uh, and a little less management type uh, things. And I spent about a year and a half on my own, working on my own uh, lifelong project. I have mastered the language. Ooh, I that's was going to ask you about that. No, Lamar, you're yeah, ruining my questions. <laughs> I was right. going to ask you about that. No, no, no. We can talk about that, though. I actually do want to talk about that. Okay, we can talk about that later. So yeah, I, we'll I later. spent that time, year and a half or so, just focused on that, developing, you know, doing the development engineering types of things, refactoring, re-engineering. It was mm-hmm. really great, uh, like a Nirvana. But uh, I started running out of money. I had yeah, to go well, work somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't want to run it like yeah. a business. Yeah. Um, and a friend I had had mentioned to me blockchain. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it, really. I mean, I heard of it, kind of like high level. Yeah. A block in a chain, do mm-hmm. something, and store data somewhere. But she was telling me. <laughs> Great explanation. She, she was telling me, hey, take a look at this. And um, she gave me some videos, so I, I tried to start looking at it, Bitcoin mm-hmm. and those things. And then I spent about four months at another company, mm-hmm. a software company, and uh, it was telecom. Mm-hmm. And after four months, we, things didn't work out there. Uh, culturally, I was a little bit different. Um, I was moving too fast. You know, I'm kind of from a trading environment, so yeah. a lot of things get done and expected to get done fast. Oh, that's so totally startup Yeah. Startup. Yeah, yeah. So after I left there, a guy reached out to me and said, I got, you know, I'm looking for something, uh, for someone that's like an engineer who can develop mm-hmm. and is a leader. And yeah. he said he saw my resume and he said it was blockchain. And I was like, wow, this is pretty good because, you know, yeah. a few months ago I started looking at it, but I'm not really into it. Yeah. Um, and then R3. R3 interviewed here. People were great. And they, you know, passed the test. Yeah. Well, oh, wait. <laughs> the technical test. You do that you know? test too? The, yeah. The, oh, I've heard crazy stories about that thing. Yeah, it's not so even. wait, for listeners, we have to explain what this is. So yeah. Mike Hearn created it, correct? Or was it a bunch of people? I'm not sure who created well, the, the the So test, the test for the employees, test. for our developers to yeah. join the team, you have to pass this crazy hard test, right? right development test, right. Um, created by Mike Hearn, a bunch of different people. I know he talks a lot about it, so that's why I, I'm mentioning him, but it could be a, a big group of people, and I apologize to anyone at R3 who helped develop the test who's screaming at their um, headphones right now. But <laughs> What? I can't believe it. I, I had my, that. I was in there too. I'm just going to go in and name every developer we have and be like, and thank you, I love you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so you passed the test. Yeah, what was good about that test, okay, which was a little bit different than before other interviews, you know, the companies, how we did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, R3 logged into you know my home environment and on a webex 
Mm-hmm. They gave me a problem on the fly, and I had to solve it in any programming language I wanted. I had to actually develop the solution. So yeah. it was really a good experience. There's a lot of pressure in that time. You had a short time to really put together a program based on something you hear on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that that was a very effective way to really gauge how well someone can really do things. Yeah. So thank you, Mike, and all the other development people who contributed to that. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard about that test. I'm like, oh, thank goodness I'm in marketing. I would crumble under the pressure. Yeah, I love I pressure. I think maybe I wouldn't. I don't really know. I'm. You would do well. I, I mean, pressure-wise, you okay. do well. Yeah, pressure-wise, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, not the not the coding part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, cool. Yeah. Well, you have uh, such an amazing attitude, and everyone's obviously oh, loves oh, to have you I'm here. I'm thankful to be here. You know, I love it here. Uh, it's like a family here. Yeah, that's okay? true. And, um, you know, I just like a lot of people here, for all you listeners out there, uh, R3 is a great company to be at. Uh, the people here are driven, uh, self-motivated. It's like a barbecue environment, like a family, a good family a barbecue. barbecue. Environment. You know, you know, um, it's really been a good experience. And it's not a party here. Uh, the, the, what makes it, I think, unique is we're all driven to succeed. So yeah. every day here has been so much growth and there's so much to do. And yeah. even when you hit hit the ground really hard and you're running as hard as you can, you still can't complete. Yeah. And I love that because it's been almost a year and it's been really good. I've grown a lot and just, just had a great time here. Yeah. So. No, I And I didn't pay him to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that <laughs> no, wasn't no, paid. That wasn't no, a paid endorsement. Not a, not a paid ad, however. No. If anyone wants to pay me, I'm accepting. <laughs> pay me. I will talk about your product. No. Um, yeah, the, I I, uh, I appreciate that, and I think it's to- so true. And that's I feel the exact same way as you. Um, so you mentioned uh, something about language Uh-oh. program. Oh, wow. I would like to talk about it because okay. I think it's it's a really cool aspect of who you are and how you use like your development skills yeah. and followed and did something you're passionate about which you now do in your free time so yeah, can you tell time. everyone what yeah you're like I don't have free time I have spare time okay Catherine <laughs> right exactly <laughs> oh my gosh you're there okay. named and shamed okay now tell us about it uh, so the project is called Master Any Language, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's based on, really it's a God-given thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. It's a God-given responsibility that I, I kind of grew up when I was younger uh, into languages and learning things. It kind of started really with Spanish and some other, little bit of other things. My father was into music and played congas and I heard things. I was always kind of curious, mm-hmm. but really started in high school with Spanish and I was trying to speak and I have friends that are kind of with that and I was around it but it was difficult yeah um, and I think I was made fun of at one point like ha ha you're not going to be able to speak so that kind of drove me yeah to really want to learn and um, after high school and I started really getting out there 
language itself just kind of followed me. I had so many opportunities because of that throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking Spanish, I learned it. I was able to get into different jobs because of it. Um, I got involved in the Egyptian Coptic community, and I learned some Coptic there and some Arabic. Cool. And, uh, you know, I have a pretty broad background at this point. This mastery language is a talent I've been given to, not that I'm a master of many languages, but to listen to people, listen Mm -hmm. to cultures, and I like to teach, Mm -hmm. and I can develop, Mm -hmm. and somehow I've been given this bag of languages and through life experiences, and I know how frustrating it can be when you can't speak, so basically I can take all my energy and focus and put it into this, and now I've made it like a lifelong um, service project, it's a commitment what I would say to God himself, I'm not uh, asking anyone to pay for it. It's yeah. a free service. Uh, I'm giving back to that uh, my time when I can, and I want to continue to do that until I go out of here. So <laughs> masteranylanguage.com, <laughs> go in there. Uh, if you really want to start learning basics of a language, yeah. any there's 180-something languages there now. You can start, play the games, Take mm-hmm. a couple quizzes, and really the games and the test, they will walk you through and watch. I have teachers behind it, automated teachers that watch what you're doing, and if you're mm-hmm. getting things wrong, they help you to learn that specific thing you're trying to learn. And you know, it's not the only thing you need for language. Mm-hmm. It's a good uh, level setter. A good starter, a good level setter, uh, and it'll help you to break down some of the barriers of seeing and hearing language and things like that. So, and I'm I'm continuing to make it smart over time so it will be more rich as the years go on. Yeah. That was a long dub. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, that's all right. Take a drink. Cheers. How's the second time going it's, down? You know, um, wow. I just don't think... You it. almost fell out of your seat on that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just don't, I just don't know, you I know. know. I mean, it, yeah, I get it. I get why people like it. I, yeah. I also understand why I don't. That's why a lot of th- it's usually rum and coke. Yeah. Rum and coke makes it a little easier to swallow. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I'm but, feeling know. warm inside now. Yeah, like, well, hey. that's good. Yeah, we'll just start talking in a bunch of different languages. I'll just sit here well, and just nod my head and like, okay. And it's by Whatever you said, bro. Yeah, I yeah. know. Okay, you know I know. It's, a I bit know. Of Come on, hablo <laughs> mejor. No, no gracias. <laughs> um, yes. So. Let's go back to blockchain, because why not? I was doing my last episode, I had uh, Jorge Lismas on, and he had, uh, we were talking about blockchain, and then we talked about something else, and then we talked back about blockchain, and yeah. then we talked about something else. I feel like that's what I'm doing here with you as well, and yeah. I kind of like it. It's like yeah. a windy road. Oh, yeah. All yeah. roads lead back to blockchain. Blockchain. Um, okay, so once you started to learn uh, more about the technology, like what do you think is like the most transformational or important aspect or yeah. aspects yeah. of the technology that like people are actually interested in it. Yeah. Uh, so what I see uh, basically today, a lot of companies, organizations still do business based on paper, faxes, 
and it's it's inefficient. It can yeah. like if inside of companies, I, I can speak primarily to some finance things, post trading. Uh, the pro there's a lot of people involved. Yeah, a lot of processes that are broken down, spending a lot of money. Yeah, and it's not digitized. So you know, there's a lot of. Uh, extra phone calls being made. There's a lot of uh, back and forth between companies to align data and understanding uh, which counterparty was the real counterparty we were trying to trade. Mm-hmm. And it it's it's something that was a workhorse from the past and yeah. still kind of is now, but the future is digital. Yeah. So I see like uh, blockchain, it's a natural progression towards where we need to get to as a as a full global society to be mm-hmm. able to interact with each other in the ways that even our younger generations really are now. A lot of things are digital. Yeah. Uh, things are currencies going digital, you know, and I think books and records need to be digital too. So I think the digital age is here and companies like R3 are really a strong intermediary between the business-minded paper pushers and people who are doing faxes and really making business, real business, and the future of innovation, R3 kind of steps in and is giving enterprise solutions to financial institutions, insurance, government, and other agencies, trade finance, uh, supply chain groups that need it. They're going to need it. So I don't think any company can escape that that digital evolution. Yeah. So and why I'd, would you want to? Exactly. I mean, yeah. well, they, I mean, there's a lot of. <laughs> I can understand companies inside. There is a lot of concern. It's um, hard to change, like change your ways. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You have to compromise some. Uh, some security. Yeah. Perceived security for future growth. And there will be some, and there are some growing pains around it, but in, in the end, the key is going to be the companies need to be there. Yeah. When everything is kicking off, which is kind of now, Yeah. Um, each enterprise needs to be really in that mix so yeah. they have a say in what they want to build and how the applications are going to look. And um, yeah, so this is one reason I feel, you know, being here, this is my third plug, but I'm not paid for it. (laughs) Being here is really, we're on the edge of uh, digital evolution, uh, bloody edge of technologies that we're using. And, you know, we're trying to make a true trusted difference for enterprises. Yeah. Yeah. So you would say that like right now, because there are companies that are not, uh, are a little more hesitant to get involved and use this technology and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then there are the other ones that just like jumped right on it and are trying like doing like working groups and trying to figure out like, hey, how the heck are we going to use this technology? Right. So would you say like right now is like the best time to get involved, or would you say like maybe? I could see a few companies in a few different industries being like, okay, let's like sit back for a little, yeah. watch what happens, see if it really works yeah. for us. Like, what is your personal opinion, opinion? on like the best thing? Ooh, I know, I I'm sorry. My personal opinion. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think my personal opinion yeah. is that it's important to be involved now. Yeah. Um, I do think there's a lot of... Uh, 
innovative ideas that are being brought to the table mm-hmm. uh, by not just not big companies, but yeah. a lot of smaller shops that have great ideas and are trying to come up with uh, solutions that will be used in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that that growth, it, it kind of creates a, an education or a, a marketplace of ideas. Yeah. I think that's important now, and I think it's important for the enterprises to be there at the table now, even though I know a lot are going to be fast followers. So yeah. they, they'll be at the table, in the conversations. I think it's important for them to align and spend some money to get people educated around what's happening in blockchain just to stay in the loop. Yeah. My gut feeling is... Uh, longer term, a lot of this innovation will end up in the the hands of enterprises, yeah. and they'll come in because they have a, a stronger um, presence, and bona fide transactions are going to be done. And I think the enterprises will adopt mm-hmm. the solutions that are being created by the smaller shops today. So oh, interesting. That's kind of my. I think that's that's where I think it's it's going to end up. I don't I don't see us being a marketplace of Bitcoin um, people sending things back and forth. I see it being a marketplace like it is today mm-hmm. of enterprises, but those enterprises then will be digitally equipped mm-hmm. with certain solutions that they've chosen yeah. uh, to take forward for their specific needs. Totally. Interesting. Very well said. I'm creating a book too, so that you are. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. You are. That was a joke. I, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what's it going to be called? Let's see. What's, what would be a good name? Blockchain for enterprises. Blockchain. Oh my gosh, Lamar, that is so Blockchain. boring. <laughs> be a part of the wave. Be a part of the wave. That's no. You no, would have no, to say ride is, the wave. I ride the wave. I'm sorry. You can't oh, be yeah, yeah, the wave. A lingo. I, I mean, got, actually, you know. could be the wave. <laughs> you could be the wave. Yeah, don't ride the wave. Be, be the, the wave. wave. Actually, I kind of like be that. Be the ball. <laughs> Is that what they say? I don't know. <laughs> now we're just like shooting, yeah. shooting the. Yeah, crap. I think I think it's a serious um, uh, opportunity. Serious opportunity. Good, yeah. Good. Thanks for that. I and, got you. And I think the <laughs> where we're going is, I think the the. People involved are, mm-hmm. you know, they're some of the brightest, smartest people that can help get us there. Agreed. Not just at R3, but R3 definitely is a concentration of talent. Yeah. Very high quality talent here, but just in this but industry. But I agree. In the space, it's yeah. so remarkable the yeah. the breadth of, of smart individuals that are involved in this right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, wow. it's good. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Lamar and I talk in the office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except we, not so we much. Pass. It's like, yo, we what's just have fun. Oh. <laughs> what's up? You can say yeah, that. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Lamar, I have the giggles. Okay. So, um, what are common problems that you have to deal with? You talked about, like, patching um, mm-hmm. the software if there are any like bugs or anything mm-hmm. is there anything else that you commonly have to deal with like what's your day to day kind of like um, so we're like, we're doing a hybrid of things yeah. today so I'll just talk about what I'm doing today okay. just to give you an idea one mm-hmm. customer we have is running um, 
I what are called quarter nodes. Yep. They're running eight quarter nodes, which are eight different quarter applications. Oh, eight? Eight of them. Okay, okay. And they have our firewall, quarter firewall technology, so they're running uh, what's called a bridge and a float. Oh that allows the customers... So many words. Yeah. You know, bridge, bridge float, float, birds, wings, you know, <laughs> yeah. paddles, everything. <laughs> now, it's really those yeah, three yeah. core things. Okay. Okay? So it's the quarter node which sits inside the infrastructure. Got it. And the bridge and float uh, help to work within the security infrastructure of an enterprise. So the float would sit inside the DMZ, the demilitarized zone, yep. where it's safe for the bank or the company to face outside. Mm-hmm. And then the bridge kind of works between the node, the quarter node, and that float mm, just bridge. to pass traffic back and forth. Got it. It bridges that traffic. Okay, thank you. So our customer... Um, they have installed this whole software and they have a fairly complicated setup. Mm-hmm. And they had noticed um, uh, at times when they were running higher volumes through that network of mm-hmm. nodes, a few of the transactions were running into some exceptions. They didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing today uh, and have been doing over the last few days is we've actually replicated that environment. We've built that environment internally mm-hmm. uh, with eight nodes and bridges and floats, total of like 25 components. And we're running simulated testing through that node infrastructure mm-hmm. to try to pinpoint why exactly that specific customer is having that problem. Okay. This is in concert with our development teams looking at it yeah. uh, and our other support engineers. And the idea is we just, we've given them a lot of feedback. They have made some changes to their, the way they were starting the applications, uh, heap size, like Java, memory sizes, heap sizes, and those things. But mm-hmm. we just want to give them uh a little bit more reassurance about why the root cause of why the things they were having. So yeah. that today I was working with another engineer out of London and we're working on that environment together. Uh, so day to day, we again, we see customers that are having issues with uh, nodes, uh, quarter, node as a quarter application is the main quarter application. Yeah. When the node starts up, uh, if they're running transactions through the network, something may happen with the transactions, maybe the, tr- the nodes aren't connecting properly to the network, mm-hmm. they'll raise a ticket, we have to help them through, figure out how to connect it properly, gotcha. and then they may have business-specific situations where the, they're running their own business uh, transaction through the quarter node, and it's not something's not working properly or they're not understanding exactly how to do it. Gotcha. So nature of our tickets is around that. Okay. Did that answer the question? You did answer the question, oh, okay, Lamar. Good. I was just about to say that we're um, putting out this episode. I know the studio gets hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it's this rum, though. No? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be a combination <laughs> of things if we're being realistic. Yeah. But we uh, do, we are hiring, because this episode is going out very soon after we record. Okay. We are hiring a... Uh, developer evangelist in New York. Yes. Um, And this is cool because we don't have like a DevRel person based in New York. Yeah. We have um, obviously support engineers, sales engineers. Right. pre-sales, yeah. um, but we do not have developer relations, which we are now hiring for, so yes. if anyone is listening and they want to come please. and work for us. Yeah, please, um, 
you know, consider R3. It's a it's a great company to you, work You at. already pitched R3, Lamar. I know, you don't I know. have to do it again. I know. But <laughs> I'm saying this out of truth from my no, no, heart. No, no. And it's not, it's not because of the rum. I'm saying yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. rum three. It's R3. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, the company here is a really good, but I just want to clarify that. It's a self-motivated. If it's someone startup that's hot, environment. Yeah, startup you environment. Gotta take fun. something and run with it. You take it and run. Yeah. Uh, and we're looking to bring in individuals, especially for developer relations, that are excited about mm-hmm. learning and and want to, don't mind being uncomfortable a bit coming into an environment where a lot of things are new. That yeah. Everything's not boilerplate set out for you to do. You can create your own destiny here. Yeah. So I. Um, I guess I'll say, even since I've been here, I haven't really been given a format of what I need to do. A lot of things I'm talking about, I was able to create, the simulated environments and things like that. It was ideas that, uh, just talking in the groups, the things we needed. Yeah. And we have the freedom here to do, uh, to, to design kind of our destiny mm-hmm. and to help the company. So if anyone's listening, uh, technically, developer relations oriented if you like talking with people in groups mm-hmm. and you have technical capabilities go to r3.com and um, you know check us out and if, I'm my, I'm Lamar Thomas if you want to send me an email lamar.thomas at r3.com uh, I will reply to it and I'll yeah. be happy to uh, you know give you some insight on what I see genuinely yeah and, and see where it goes. Lamar Thomas, everyone. I will uh, link to your email because you already said it. Normally, I don't give you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but I will link to your email yeah. um, and your profile. I'll link to a bunch of the different okay. things you said. Yeah, um, thank, you. thank you for coming on today. And thank yeah. you for sharing your drink with me. Yeah, thank you. Booze and blockchain, everyone. Yeah, the you. first time we've done it. Yeah. Actually, technically, it's the second time. I had. Um, Ooh, no, I know. It is technically uh, the second time. <laughs> because before the Christmas party, when I was in London, I really wanted to get um, Costas Halkias on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we recorded with beer. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, That's cool. so it's not the first time. For, I like it. But it's our first addition. Uh, uh, additional. Oh goodness! It's our first official one. First so official thank one. you for uh, trying this out with me. Yeah. Thank you. And for you. sharing your drink of choice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Woohoo! Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and if you didn't, too bad. <laughs> Just kidding. Let me know. You can always tweet at me at Bread and Rudder. Um, our R3 Twitter handle is at Inside R3. We have Corda at Corda Blockchain. For more technical updates um, and information on meetups, boot camps, and all that good stuff, um, yeah, share the podcast, like it, tell your friends about it. I don't know. Let me know if you didn't like the drinking thing. I thought it was funny. Okay, bye. <laughs>